us uh, that's not ours. And when we talk about stewardship in the church, we're talking about that responsibility that God has given to each and every one of us. I talked kind of on this same theme yesterday morning in our morning class up here and uh, talked about the word. One word that none of us really like, people don't like it, especially young people, is that word responsibility. Of course, older people sometimes don't like it either. Responsibility. We like words like grace, salvation, mercy, forgiveness, eternal life, heaven. But how many likes responsibility, work, a job? Those are words that aren't as popular. We don't maybe like those as, as good. But with great grace comes great responsibility. So God has given us some responsibility because he's given us great blessings. And every one of us in here tonight, if you've received the grace of God, we're all stewards of what we've been given. The Bible said that we're stewards of the manifold grace of God. And stewardship is that responsibility that the Lord has given to us because, as I said a moment ago, with great grace comes great responsibility. Notice Jesus said in our text in St. Mark 13, 34, it says that he gave his servants authority and to every man his work. Do you know that God has given to every one of us in here tonight something to do, Brother Anthony? Every one of us. Pastor, one of the things he has promoted and pushed and pushed for is 100% participation. God has given every one of us something to do. You may not be a teacher. You may not be a preacher. But your ministry may be a prayer ministry. It may be falling on your face and interceding for the lost and interceding for the ministry. and all. But every one of us has some responsibility and something to do in the kingdom. Now, we all know what the Great Commission is. That's, that's where the Lord charged his, his disciples to go. He said, you go and you spread the gospel throughout all the world. And in Matthew 25, leading up to that, he gives us a parable. I want to delve, look at some of these parables tonight. But in Matthew uh, 25, 14, Jesus said that the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. The NIV translates this verse as, he called his servants to him and he entrusted his wealth to them. The Lord has left this world. He traveled to a far country, but he has delivered unto you and I his goods. He's placed his spiritual kingdom within us. He's entrusted his gospel to us. He's entrusted his word to us. And in other words, he's saying in the scripture that the kingdom of heaven is like a man who leaves here. He goes on a far journey, but before he leaves, he places in the care of his servants those things that are of the most importance to him. Those things that are of the most value to him, he actually entrusts with men. And he entrusted those things into the hands of men that he handpicked. You know the Great Commission. You know Acts chapter 1. You know Matthew 28, Luke 24. He said, you're going to go and you're going to make disciples of the nations. You're going to baptize, Mark 16. You're going to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believes and baptized will be saved, Luke 24. You're going to go to Jerusalem, wait for the promise of the Father. 
The baptism of the Holy Ghost is going to be poured out upon you. And you know what happened? Then Peter began to preach repentance and remission of sins in his name to all the nations beginning at Jerusalem. And in Acts chapter 1, he told them, he said, you go to Jerusalem and you wait for the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. And power is going to come upon you to be my witnesses throughout all the world. So this is his plan for us tonight. It's his purpose. It's his plan for his church, his people, his kingdom in the world today. That we be his witnesses and he's placed it in our hands. Now you just think about that for a second. Brother Nick, that is a tremendous, it's a tremendous blessing but it's a tremendous responsibility also that the Lord has entrusted his kingdom in our hands he's entrusted the spreading of the gospel the work of the kingdom he's 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 given it to us and and you see from the first moment that you embrace the gospel and you come to know the Lord you become his witness you become his representative and you become his ambassador Isaiah 43 and 10 it says, you are my witnesses, saith the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me there was no God formed, neither shall there be after me. God's word makes it very clear that he has entrusted us with something of value and that we are his witnesses in the world today. I want to call your attention to a lengthy passage of scripture. and We're going to work through this kind of verse by verse, but if you would look with me in the book of St. Luke chapter 19, verse 11 through 27, I want to read this to you out of the New King James Version, and, and Jesus is talking here, and, and it, it says here, now as they heard, this is Luke 19, 11 through 27, and as they heard these things, he spoke another parable because he was near Jerusalem. And because they thought the kingdom of God would appear immediately, therefore he said, a certain nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and then to return. Now Jesus, of course, you understand that Jesus here in these verses, he is talking about himself, okay? He's saying, I'm going to leave and I'm going to go into a far country, Brother Jared, and, and I'm going to receive for myself a kingdom, but then at the appointed time, I'm going to return. And then verse 13 says, so he called ten of his servants, and he delivered to them ten minyas, and said to them, do business till I come. Now, minyas were a form of currency. That's kind of like, you know, you have quarters, nickels, dollars, half dollars. They didn't have paper currency back then. It was all coins and, and things of that nature. But these minyas in this story, they're coins. They represent being given something of value. So the money here represents something of value. Matthew 25, 14, don't, you don't go back to it, but it just it says he delivered to them his goods. So here in this verse, he's delivering to his people his goods his possessions, what was valuable to him, and he placed it into his servants' hands. And he made them and us, because we have this commission, we have this responsibility tonight, he made them stewards over his belongings while he was gone. And he said, do business till I come. In other words, he said, make good use of what I've given to you. Use what I've given you to make an increase. 
Be fruitful with what I've given you. Conduct my business for me till I return. And then verse 14 says, But his citizens hated him and sent a delegation after him saying, We will not have this man to reign over us. In verse 15, And so it was that when he returned, having received the kingdom, he then commanded these servants to whom he had given the money to be called to him that he might know how much every man had gained by trading. Now just keep that verse up there for a second. Do you all realize one of these days every one of us are going to be accountable one day? There is going to be a great day coming one day when everybody is going to be accountable to what we've done, for what we've done, with what we've been given. And the Bible says, now these, these men who, who didn't want him to reign over them, if you read on through it, it says, bring them before me and slay all them, okay? They met their end. But now he's calling his servants here. And it says, verse, uh, it, it, so verse 15, that's still up. And so it says, he called them to him that he might know how much every man had gained by trading. So the time for his return came. Having received the kingdom, he came. In that time of reckoning, it came. And then he then commanded these servants to whom he had given the money to be called to him that he might know how much every man had gained a trade. In verse 16, then came the first saying, Master. Now he's, remember the three servants. Master, your minia has earned ten minias. And he said to him, well done, good servant, because you were faithful in a very little. I'm going to give you authority over ten cities. And then Matthew's version also says, and he said to him, Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. And then the second servant came before him, and he said, Master, your minia has earned five minias. Likewise, he said to him, you also be over five cities. Notice that the Lord was pleased with both of these. He was pleased with the one who took his one menia and he got made it into ten menias. He was pleased with the other who took his menia. He multiplied it into five menias. He was pleased with both of them. And God gives us according to our ability. The Bible says some brought forth fruit, some 30-fold, some 60-fold, some 100-fold. Now, obviously, the more fruit we bring forth, the greater the reward, the greater the blessing. But God's He just wants us to be fruitful with what we've been given. Whether it's a 5-fold, a 10-fold, or a 2-fold increase, God wants us to put to work what we've been given, and use it for his kingdom to his glory. So he was pleased, Pastor, with both of these servants. He was pleased with both of them. He didn't say, I'm only going to reward the one who gained the most, the most fruitful, and I'm not going to give a reward to the guy who only made five. No, he, he rewarded both of these. Now, they each got rewards according to what they had done. The one who, who multiplied his minion, it turned into ten. He said, you're going to have authority over ten cities. And the other guy over here, he was fruitful, but not as much. But he was still saved. He was still fruitful. He said, I'm going to give you authority over five cities. So they both, they both got a blessing according to what they, had, what they had done. 
Now, verse 20. So then another came, saying, Master, here is your menia, which I have kept put away in a handkerchief. Now, notice that this servant, he still had what the Lord had given to him. He still had his menia. But he said, I've wrapped it up, I've put it away, and I've kept it in a napkin or in a handkerchief. I protected it. I still have what you've given me, Lord. I preserved it, but I never used it to benefit anyone other than myself with what I was given. Do you know it's wicked? Wicked's a strong word. But do you know it's wicked? To be given the grace of God and all the good things of God and never use it for anybody to benefit anyone else other than yourself. It's wicked. It's wicked. So he said, here it is, Lord. Verse 21. For I feared you because you're an austere man. You collect what you did not deposit and you reap what you did not sow. And then the Lord said to him, out of your own mouth, I will judge you, you wicked servant. You wicked servant. You took what I've given you, and you did not use it to better anybody other than yourself. You wicked servant. You knew that I was an austere man, collecting what I did not deposit and reaping what I did not sow. Why then did you not put my money in the bank that at my coming I might have collected it with interest? So the master called this servant a wicked servant because he had been given grace by God and never used it to help anyone other than himself. That's the reason 1 Peter, our, our key verse says, as every man has received the gift even so minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Now, there's a whole lot of areas about service and stewardship we could talk about. You know, we could, there's all sort of specifics you could go into there, in, into with that. And I know one of the most common things when you hear the word stewardship is you think of money, Okay. That comes up because they are connected. That's why. And, and, and I don't have any of this in my notes about money, tithing, giving, and all that. And obviously, we are giving people. We raised $10,000 for that missionary to buy that land Sunday night. And that blew, I texted Brother David, I think, Monday, and he told me how much. And I was blown away. I was thinking maybe we, maybe, you know, two, $3,000, but $10,000. I was I was blown away, and that is awesome. So I know I'm talking to giving people. But just in case there's anybody here tonight, oh, here I go, I'm going to wait off in it. Just in case there's anybody here tonight that you're robbing yourself of the blessing of being a good steward with your finances, if you're robbing yourself by withholding your tithes from the house of God, let me tell you, you are, you're robbing God, but even not only that, you're robbing yourself. You're robbing yourself of a blessing from God. 
And you're placing a curse on your finances. You realize the Bible says that, right? The Bible, the Bible says that. He says if you rob from God, he says, I'm going to put a curse on the rest of what you have left over. But if you, don't, but if you give to the Lord and you follow that 10% principle, of giving the first fruits unto God. God will take that remaining 90% and he will bless it and multiply it and make it go and go and go and go. Praise God. I believe that. I, now, I'm not tooting my horn. And there's, let me tell you, there's people in here who the Bible says that the, great, the greatness in the kingdom of heaven is measured by service. And there are some of you that outserve me up, down, backwards, and forwards and all around, okay? So I'm nowhere near the greatest in this building. I'm, I'm not even by the least. But I will say this. I learned something as a, as a new convert when I first got in church. I didn't even have a job. I just got some allowance from mom and daddy. And I knew in the word of God, called on to it real quick, this principle about 10%. And I started giving 10% off everything I made when I was 17 years old. And let me tell you, when you follow that principle and you apply it to your life, you obey it and you put it into application, God will bless you over time. Now, we're not to do it for the purpose of getting a blessing. We're to do it in order to obey God's word. But let me tell you, when you obey God's word, the Bible says if you be willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. There's a blessing. There's a blessing in it. And I started doing it way back there as a teenager, and I'm 54 years old now, so it was a long time ago, okay? A long time. But God blesses the faithful giver. So praise God. That's stewardship. And then there's service in the kingdom. We're talking about stewardship and service in the kingdom. And they're inseparable. You can't be a good steward without being a good servant. You can't be a good servant without being a good steward. And I've already said, everyone has a job to do in the kingdom. God didn't say everybody's going to preach and teach and sing, but he does expect everybody to do something with what we've been given. Now let me tell you, your ministry, and there's not a one of these that's more important than the other. They're all equally important. Your minister, ministry, excuse me, it may be visiting the shut-ins. It may be going to those who can't help themselves. That's what my wife's involved in. She helps someone and goes and helps them regularly. And she's got a lot more patience than I do. She's got a lot of, she's got a lot of patience. And y'all know what I'm talking about. But my wife, that's, what she, that's a ministry that the Lord has given to her. Now, she's not going to teach or stand behind this pulpit. It was scared to death. She'll tell you that right now. Speaking before a crowd is like her, what she would say, her greatest fear. And that's a, lot of your, every, that's a common fear, right, speaking before people. But there's a lot of ministries that are so important. You may not, you say, well, I can't teach or preach or sing, but can you help drive the church van? Can you speak a kind word, an encouraging word to someone who may be hurting or having a bad day? You see, there's a lot of ways to bring forth fruit, to bring forth fruit in the kingdom. Can you, you, maybe your ministry is to help cook and prepare meals for families who are going through a hard time and sending food to the funeral home and I've already talked about the ministry of prayer is such an important. We have people that come up here in the mornings and in the evenings and at night, and they just come up here just to pray, just to pray for the lost, just to pray for revival. That's a ministry. That's bringing forth fruit. That's doing something with that menu, that, that talent, that gift that God gave you. That's doing some, something with it and, and being fruitful. Or it may be teaching or singing, or God may call you to preach. I know one of, my, one of my 
uh, ministries is intercessory prayer. That's one of my ministries. Has been for a long, long time. And it's a very important ministry. We've got to have intercessors. And, and I mentioned a while ago, I don't know where he is, but I'm going to tell you, driving the church van, that's not an easy job right there. There he is back there, one of my best buddies on face of the earth, John Baker. He's one of the greatest servants. He might not ever be up here preaching or teaching or, or singing in the praise team, but I'm going to tell you, John Baker is one of the greatest servants this church has. He's here taking care of the air conditioning all the time, driving a church van, doing whatever he can find his hand to do. That's what it's all about, serving the Lord, finding something to do, and as Brother Beecham always said, whatever your hand findeth to do, do it with all your might. So every good thing we do as Christians goes towards glorifying the Lord, perpetuating the spread of the gospel, fulfilling the Great Commission. Everything I said goes toward that. Driving the church van, you're helping to fulfill the Great Commission. Visiting the shut-in, you're helping to fulfill the Great Commission. Every one of these things is bearing forth fruit. It's taking what God has given you and then bearing forth fruit with it. Visiting the nursing home, visiting somebody in the hospital. All these things are being fruitful. So you see, we can all be fruitful. It's just, it just requires making a choice to put our hand to the wheel and do something. Every good deed, every act of service, every kind word spoken, every good work you do advances God's kingdom. Praise God. And glorifies the Lord. Let me call your attention to another passage. St. Matthew 25, verse 31. We're going to read several verses. If y'all don't mind, keep the verse up for just a little bit when I, until I jump to the next one, if you don't mind. But let's read verse 31. It says, When the Son of Man comes in His glory, and all the holy angels with Him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. And I believe, Brother Eddie, we're getting close to that day. I believe what Pastor said a while ago. We may, we're, I think we're going to start seeing some of these last day things the Bible talks about. It's all setting in motion. It's setting in motion. The wheels are turning. And, the, and we know what follows that. It's the coming of the Lord. And I told my wife last night, I think we were in the car, maybe we were at home. And I just, I just, suddenly I just said to her, I said, you know what the devil is terrified of? She said, what? And I said, the coming of the Lord. Can you imagine, folks, when all of a sudden, the Lord Jesus Christ suddenly appears. And the Bible says, now the first time he came, he came humbly in a manger, quietly. There were some angels that made a declaration to a few shepherds in a field, but for the most part, no one knew what happened. But let me tell you, when the Lord returns everybody's going to know what happened. And the Bible says that he's coming in power and with great glory and all the holy angels with him. Praise God. This isn't a pipe dream. This is something, it's not something we've made up. This is reality. This is something that's going to happen soon. And I believe, I know we don't know the day or the hour, but I believe it's going to happen in my lifetime. I'm telling you, I believe it. I believe it. we got to believe in the coming of the Lord because it's part of the gospel. It's just as true as the death, burial, and resurrection. 
And then verse 32 says, All the nations are going to be gathered before him, and he will separate them one from another as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. And he will set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. And then the king will say to those on his right hand, Come ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Because I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you took me in. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. And then the righteous will answer and say to the Lord, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and take you in or naked and clothe you? Or when did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? And the king will answer and say, to them, surely I say to you, inasmuch as you did it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it unto me. Jesus said, this is good stewardship. This is how you use what I've given you and you put it to work for my kingdom. This is how you conduct my business. This is how you become fruitful. But what about those who failed to be a faithful servant? What about those who live selfishly and just fulfill their own heart desires and didn't care about anyone else? What about those who only live for themselves and, and who failed to be good stewards of the grace of God? To the sheep, he said, come blessed of my father, enter into the, my kingdom. But then those on the other hand, to the goats, verse 41, it says, then he will also say, to those on the left hand, depart from me, you cursed, you cursed. Woo, that's strong words. Depart from me, you cursed into the everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. You see, we've already said it, but I want to say it again. It is evil, it's wicked to take what the Lord has done for us and wrap it up in a napkin and bury it in the earth and hide it away to be of no good to anyone else but to ourselves. For he said, I was hungry and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, you gave me no drink. I was a stranger and you did not take me in naked and you did not clothe me sick and in prison you did not visit me. Then they will say to him, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not minister to you? Then he will answer to them saying, Surely I say to you, inasmuch as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. I'll bring it to a close tonight. Go back. I'm going to jump back to our, our, some of our key verses. St. Mark 13. Jesus said, Take heed, watch, and pray. If there was ever a day that we need to be watching and praying, that we need to be observant, that we need to make sure we don't fall asleep, it is today. For you know not when the time is. For the Son of Man is as a man taking a far journey, who left his house and he gave authority to his servants and to every man his work. 
And he commanded the porter to watch. Watch ye therefore, for you know not when the master of the house cometh, at evening or at midnight or at the cock crowing or in the morning. Lest coming suddenly he find you sleeping, and what I say to you, I say to all, watch. Verse 34, he said, The Son of Man is as a man taking a journey, who left his house. He gave authority to his servants and to every man his work, and he commanded the porter his, to watch. I close with this. Our Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of Man, he left on a journey, but he's coming again. And he gave authority to his servants and to every man his work. God has delivered the work of the kingdom into every one of our hands tonight. Tonight we're talking about being engaged in the kingdom. I think I'm talking to people who are already pretty much engaged in the kingdom. But I'm sure we've all got room. We can grow and we can do more and we can grow in the Lord. But it says he gave to every man his work. The Lord has put the work of the kingdom in our hands. Everybody's got a work to do, and everybody can find a way to serve in the kingdom. It's been placed in our hands. He delivered to us his goods, and the Bible says we're laborers together with God. You know what's beautiful about this? There, there's certain principles in the word of God that says, y'all know the sowing and reaping principle? For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. When you sow good things, you're going to in turn reap good things. And what's so beautiful about this, we do our part. We do the man part, and God does the God part. We do the man part, and God shows up, and God does the God part. We apply ourselves to those areas in the kingdom where we feel God's led us. Intercessory prayer. Visiting the shut-ins, being a witness for the Lord, working in the nursery if need be, driving the church van, showing kindness and compassion to those who are hurting. The thing is, it, being engaged, being engaged. Everybody say engaged. Engaged. Being in, making sure that you're engaged in the kingdom because there's something for everybody to do in the kingdom. I'll close with this, just one last statement and I'm done. Brother Wesley, I don't know if he's here tonight, but he said something to me about a year ago, and I wrote this down. I haven't forgotten it. And he said this. Y'all know what a chord is on a piano? A chord consists of at least three notes, okay? A chord of C is three different notes that make that up, so forth. So every chord, we, every one of us, we may all, each of us may play a different note, okay? We all may play a different note. But a chord is made up of at least three different notes. And a song and a melody is made up of several different chords that all work together in harmony to make a beautiful melody or a beautiful song. We're not all alike. We're not supposed to be. We don't all have the same giftings, the same talents. We don't all have the same calling. But you know what, tonight, and you can stand with this, we're going to close. But every one of us tonight, regardless of our calling, regardless of our gifting, regardless of the note we play, every one of us has a purpose. 
may not all have the, make the same sound, but we all work together for that same common purpose. We're all stewards and servants in God's kingdom, and the Bible says he gave to every man his work. Let's all pray together as we'll close this tonight. Father, Lord, we just thank you for your word tonight. God, we ask you, Lord, that you'll help each and every one of us, Lord, to apply ourselves in your kingdom. We all have a note, Lord, to play. And, Lord, we know that a song is made up of chords and chords are made up of notes that all come together to make a beautiful sound and serve a purpose to glorify you. God, we ask you, Lord, to help us all tonight to apply ourselves, apply our lives, whether it be in a ministry of prayer or singing or teaching or serving in the church in whatever capacity we could find, Lord. Help us to all be fruitful for your kingdom that some of us will bring forth tenfold, some fivefold, some thirtyfold, sixtyfold, yea, even a hundredfold. But help us, Lord, to all be fruitful and that none of us be like the man who said, Lord, I've still got it here wrapped up in a napkin. Help us to make sure, Lord, we share with the world of that goodness that you've shared with us. God, bless and touch every life here tonight. Let your kingdom be glorified and help us to be engaged together in working for you, Lord. And we give you all the praise in Jesus' name. See you Sunday morning. God bless you. We're going to have a great weekend in the Lord. Brother, our pastor.